to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, man, it's a new monthly medicine, and I can't, uh, kind of can't believe it. Um, it feels so like I was just here, but it's because February is so short. Um, I hope everybody had a very fruitful month. It was a very intense month, I feel, for most. Um, I usually do some housekeeping at the top of the episode, but I'm going to wait on that for the end. just feels right to move in. So I'm going to be honest, because um, I'm always honest. There really is no true mantra for this month. Um... There's no true mantra for this month because what mar- it like the mantra is trust and allow. But it's really not that. It's really much more than that and it's very unnameable, very undefinable. And that's part of why trust and allow is so important. Because um, March is many things. It's a month with two full moons. It's a month with one new moon. It's a month with a Mercury retrograde in Aries. And it is our first equinox of this year. Our spring solstice, our Ostara. Um, And it is the beginning of Aries and the beginning of of the wheel of the year. It's the first day of spring. Um, it's not literally the first day, but in theory, but we mark that sacred passage with the equinox for good reason. That's because we're understanding that energetically we're moving through a doorway and, um, there's a lot of unnameable mystery in that process. So March contains within it so much of that, but, um, so I channel these mantras and sometimes, uh, like my experience with channeling the mantra is parallel and helpful to the teaching of the mantra. So I'll share that with you that, When I channel these mantras, very often they come right in and I understand what it means, even if I don't understand what it means. There has been nothing for March. Nothing. No thing probably could have been a good mantra too, but I didn't get that for March. Um, What I did get was trust and what I did get was allow but there was more to it than could be contained in one simple phrase, really. Um, And I'll break down everything I heard that is contained within trust and allow. Um, For all of us, our bodies are starting to wake up. And by wake up, I mean they're beginning to talk to us again. So for many of us, we're moving through some really big body reclamations and some really big cycles and swirls of grief and of delayering and of trauma, you know, um, 
beginning to come up through the body through immense grief. And that might not be universal, but I think it's pretty shared. Um, And the trusting and allowing around that really has to do with coming back to something that we lost a long time ago, which is that the body is an infinitely wise vessel and a vessel that holds an incredible amount of information about who we are, what we're doing, what has been. And just because we don't necessarily understand why we're feeling sad or scared or upset in any given moment when everything seems happy, it's because the spiral is beginning to knock and shake a little dust off of our ego's idea of the linear, which we spoke about last week and is really... um, really quite still quite prevalent to this. So there's a trusting and allowing with allowing ourselves to trust the wisdom of our bodies and allowing whatever comes through the body in the process of honoring ourselves to direct our next move rather than have it come from a logical place and from a place of, um, unexamined wants. So in other words, the trusting and allowing in the first tier really has to do with starting with this physical vessel, this body. We are going to have a lot come up. That's nothing to be frightened of. It's not anything that anyone has to be scared of, but it is something that crucially is related to us trusting our instincts and being prepared to move through this new kind of portal. There are quite a few um, really intense rites of passage in March that we're going to be moving through. And the kind of leader of the pack and the director is the body. And by extension, the inner child, the intuition, the inner knowing, on and on we go. The other space that we're being invited to really trust and allow is in the realm of our intuition. So I invite everybody listening to this to um, really like drop any story that you have about your intuition. I don't mean to be insensitive, but I, I want you to not give a fuck for two seconds about your story about how you can't hear your guides or your story about how you're not connected with your intuition or your intuition's blocked. It's not. I promise you, your guides are right here. We all go through phases where we can either hear or not hear clearly, and it's fine. And me doing this podcast is an example. I absolutely know the medicine of March. I can feel it. I understand it. I know what it's bringing. And I don't necessarily have a perfect package in terms of the quote mantra that came through and lit my body up on fire the way it usually does. Trust and allow just felt like the best way to describe it. That's fine. It's obviously fine. I'm living it. And you're listening. And I'm sure that for many of you, this resonates. So we're leaping without looking this month. And that a lot of the time 
is how we begin to connect with our guides. So often we think we have to wait until we hear a yes or no. It's really the opposite, where we can spend so much time inquiring and tuning in and not knowing. And sometimes we just literally need to leap. Sometimes we just, we learn in the air. So that idea of continuing to blossom in the void, there is a continuation of that. However, we're taking that idea and we're building it on this really powerful idea of just trusting and allowing. And if you are in any way considering yourselves a master of trusting and allowing, I'd love for you to teach me (laughs) because I feel like everybody is really learning that. Um, And if we're pretty much alive on the planet, we're learning that. But trusting our intuition, we're learning a whole new language for this this month. Um, that much, I mean, so much of this is being, you know, it's being channeled in real time. But a lot of what we're learning this month is this idea of I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to honor myself. And even though I don't necessarily know where it's taking me and I don't particularly have a map and I certainly don't have like a guarantee of anything. I'm going to trust my inner knowing and I'm going to allow that to be my compass. Now there's a huge theme in March and that is honoring ourselves. So when we honor ourselves, honoring ourselves does not have a finite definition to it. Honoring ourselves has to do with paying attention to our individual yeses and nos. By honoring our individual yeses and nos, our sacred yeses and our sacred nos, when we honor those, when we are committed to listening and actually hearing what it is that our inner yes and our inner no is guiding us to, we begin to show up as a greater, stronger, more mature force for change in the world outside of us. So some examples of that might be looking around at who you're keeping company with, who you're breaking bread with. Do you really like these people? Really ask yourself that. What is your relationship to hanging around with people that you don't particularly like? So many of us don't particularly like our families, our blood families, our caretakers. That's absolutely okay. We're not supposed to like everybody, but we, we can love people, but we don't necessarily need to like them. Hanging out with them or hanging out with anyone that you don't particularly like, but you feel like you have to because of an unexamined belief only continues to send homing signals out to the universe saying to the universe, I would like you to fill my life and I would like for you to give me more of commitments that I don't really like. Really think about that. So we can honor ourselves by saying, hi, friends or people that I, you know, break bread with or hang out with. Um, I'm moving through kind of a, you know, an important time of really getting to know myself and taking some time for me and Um, you might not hear from me for a second and I hope that that's cool, but I'm just taking some me time and, 
you know, when I'm ready to reach back out, I will, but hope you're well in the interim. And that's it. And you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to make them like you. You don't need to pick out their faults. You don't even need to give a shit. Really. You just need to trust and allow. That's all. And you don't even need to trust and allow. You can just be willing to trust and allow. If there is an absolute no in your body to doing something, then it might be that we need to take a moment and we need to consider, is this an absolute no because it's an absolute no or is it an absolute no because I'm afraid or because I need to kind of leap without thinking? There's lots to think about there, a lot to look at there that is um, going to be incredibly fruitful and very important. So much of March, March, if we could describe it as um, like a metaphor or is we are literally moving from the darkness of a seed curled up fetal style inside a seed of some kind. And the more we trust and allow, trust and allow, trust and allow, the more we expand and grow inside that seed and the more the seed becomes an uncomfortable home, the more we begin to realize, we will realize this month that we are outgrowing something that has kept us really safe and really contained and has provided an incredibly beautiful, protective um, little shell while we've been doing all of this growth work so we don't have to grow, grow, grow in total vulnerability, but we're going to be doing a lot of work in the first half of March around the seed and around the idea that we're not the seed. We are the tiny, beautiful, pure sliver of green inside the outer protection of the seed. We are of one, but not of it. Um, you know, we are a part of it, but not it. So, we're going to be growing, growing, growing. The seed's going to crack open. And then we're going to begin this beautiful um, movement up. So March is um, a contraction that yields to an expansion. It is darkness before light. It is a pushing that yields to birth. It is the last breath before death. And it is diving deep, 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 deep inside in order to fly really high. And in order to do all of that, the key to unlock any of those doors is to trust the process and allow whatever wants to unfold to unfold to do so. Because here's the deal. We are moving into a time, and I've said this before I have to continue to say it because it's a big deal and it's going to take our nervous systems like a moment. We're moving into a time where we're really changing our our collective perspective slowly but surely around what is a problem. Think to yourself, what's a problem? What is your definition of a problem? And some of it may be incredibly legitimate, it often is, and some of it may not be a problem at all. Some of it might, in fact, just be. It might just be. And the only way that we can just, we can 
determine that is to inquire, of course, and to say to ourselves, well, okay, is there anything I can do about this? Literally do. And is it in alignment for me and my body to shift into that space? Yes, great. No, great. So we're getting clear on where we're placing our trust, where we're allowing things to unfold versus trying to crack the seed open ourselves. There's nothing for us to do here but to let ourselves be guided. Nothing. And that's intense, you know, but it, it's a really good thing for us. It's a really nice thing for everyone's nervous system to begin to shift into a space of willingness and allowing and trusting that even though we might not understand, we might not know where we're going, we might not feel or fully know where the next step is taking us, we can continue. We can be, we're empowered and allowed to let that natural ebbing and flowing of things take us. And, you know, birth is a really good example. Babies are born through a completely powerful, you know, however they're born. Babies are born through a really powerful natural process, but there is still pushing. But we wait to push until we are expanded. So it's all in the wise timing of things. But we're beginning to trust and allow in ways that are unique and new and that are a part of something much greater. So the beauty of trusting and allowing is that, and kind of the challenge of it too, is that we're not always really able to explain ourselves when we have an inner knowing. We can't always explain what it is about our no or our yes that really resonates with us. And that's why it's going to be really important for us to do some inquiry work because sometimes we can get a no on something and we can think, you know, this is a no and um, that's my sacred no. And if we do a little bit of digging, sometimes the sacred no is actually, the believing of it is actually a cover for the fact that we feel really uncomfortable with something that longs to be explored, that actually wants us to explore, to unpack it a little bit further so that we can shift. So having said that, honoring the body and honoring the body's inner knowing is just about one of the most important things we could ever promise or think of to do for ourselves. And there's a really beautiful way to do that, which is to follow our body's natural ebbs and flows, where it's guiding us, where it's leading us, just because you're in a happy place doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be happy. And just because we're in a low place doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be low. This month is all about transformation and change at a profound level. Profound. It's two full moons in this month, one on the first, one on the 31st. So we're literally held in an embrace of birth at the top of the month and at the base of the month. And in between, we have a complete shift on the wheel of the year, moving into the energy of spring. And we have an incredibly powerful Mercury retrograde and a very important one. And we have a very important new moon right in the middle. So there's really quite a bit to play with in terms of the energies involved 
with this particular time. Trusting and allowing. Really beginning to know that the breaking open of a seed and the movement of a beautiful flower up to the sun is something that we have very little control over. But the mechanisms of how we get there can be very powerful. So the more we know, the more we can allow. Um, we want to look at the first half of March, which honestly feels very different to me intuitively than the second half, as a real detoxification. That's really what this, um, and a simplicity getting very clear. We're beginning this month um, kind of ushering in on it in a full moon in Virgo in 11 degrees. And 11, of course, is a master number. And Virgo is the Vestal Virgin. Virgo is... Um, probably one of the most misunderstood signs in the zodiac it's thought to be this kind of like pinchy hard-working practical uh sign and it it is practical um but virgo is incredibly sensual virgo wants to be sensual virgo underneath the anxiety and the nervousness and the racing mind that can sometimes occur within it is one of the most acutely attu uh, uh, acutely intuitive signs <laughs> in the zodiac, and it it is very um, capable and um, Virgo in its mastery is a sensual knower. So anytime we have a full or a new moon in Virgo, there's an opportunity both for earthly practical movement. We can actually get shit done. I have counted, I mean, it depends on where it is in your chart and how it shows up for you, but Virgo moons are, are actually a time to be able to physically birth things into being, which is exciting and great. So we're going to feel that little hook around the navel forward. We're going to really feel that with this, um, with this full moon in Virgo that kind of kicks off our month although we're not necessarily going to understand where it's taking us. It's in the allowing and the willingness to let ourselves be guided by our intuitive knowing, our sensual knowing, the body. There's a reason, even though we are at the recording of this, there's like six planets in Pisces, I think. And I'm, I know everybody feels that, but the space of the not knowing is important because it provides the right backdrop for us to be listening, dropping in more clearly. If we don't know, then we get more curious, we get more open. And when we finally do know, the information is so powerful that it can't help but really redirect us in a way that might be more in alignment to where we're going in the first place where we actually want to go, even if we don't know it. So that's another level of trust and allow. But the thing with our bodies this month is very deeply related to Virgo energy, very related, and has a lot to do with, because um, Virgo is not technically, doesn't rule the body, but it is very body-centered, and often many people who have Virgo or moving through Virgo are very acutely... Um, in tune with their bodies or are moving through something particularly body sensitive right now, or they think they are. 
um, as it can sometimes show up for Virgos. So we want to really look at this new moon as an opportunity to say, what am I ready to birth, harvest, actually bring forward that is of earth, that is of body, that I can do with my body? How can I create a greater trust, a greater sensuality, a greater earthiness, and a greater practical knowing of my relationship with my body so that how I show up in the world is centered, trusting and allowing. We are going to be majorly, majorly transforming this month. We're moving this month from the moon card to the emperor. And I feel like that's all I have to say. Like I can, I'm going to sign off. (laughs) Just obviously kidding. But um, that's really all that even needs to be said about it. We're moving from Pisces to Aries, beginning the wheel of the year over in a whole new way, and moving from the moon card to the emperor. The moon is ruled by Pisces, the emperor is ruled by Aries. That's some shit right there. That's some big, 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 big stuff right there. And now, maybe even hearing that, it puts it into new context for you about how different going from the liminality and the inner void space and the deep waves of the of the moon to the massive immense presence of the emperor it's a lot so we're preparing for that shift in the best way we know how with the body because the body really is the piece that obviously gets us through this life but it's also the piece that allows us it's the piece that is the bridge between our earthly experience and our heavenly experience. It's the piece that bridges us from our higher knowing to the way that we respond and react in the world in real time. There's a lot of beauty to that. So we're just getting more and more intimate with that idea. Um, our reading for the month is very powerful, very interesting. Um, Our reading for the month, and then I'll go back into the new moon in Pisces that we're going to be in on the 17th and the Mercury retrograde and stuff, but just to shift into tarot a bit, the Wild Soul Collective reading for the month ahead, the medicine of the month is the moon card. That's what came through very clearly. Um, We're still walking around in the dark in March, and that's fine. Like, not all months have massively different tonal qualities to them. You know, we are still working with trusting unknowns this month, just as we were working with trusting unknowns in February. The difference, um, and I think it's not that different, um, but it's kind of different the way like different orgasms are different and different cheeseburgers are different. Like they're both cheeseburgers, but cheeseburgers can be really different. Um, and orgasms can be really different. Um, we were blossoming in the void in February, trying to get our bearings, trying to get clear on like what the fuck was going on. But February was ultimately a month for deep releases. So if you left quite a bit behind in February, maybe you didn't even realize it. Um, that makes sense, you know, and that's part of the reason why we have a full moon in Virgo 
to kick us off in March because March really is a month where expansion begins to happen and where we start moving, but we have to kind of relinquish um, control. March in many ways is like a self-driving car and it's really important to actually take our hands off the wheel and trust that it is in fact taking us, whether we're aware of it or not, to the highest, finest destination and the work that we are entrusted with is trusting and allowing, which is why the moon card, our Piscean deep diver, collector of treasures under the, the, on the sea floor, is really the one guiding the tone and holding the lantern this month, still continuing to invite us into spaces of depth of um, inner knowing. Um, if you have been deeply excavating and shedding grief, you're exactly where you're meant to be. That's really what this time is all about, is a lot of physical trauma in the body, a lot of grief, a lot of old echoes of the past are starting to feel their way into the surface regions. Um, you might even be experiencing physical surface region manifestations in the form of hives or acne or, um, itching or, you know, um, like whatever it might be, whatever there might actually be. And there always is, um, immense wisdom to any kind of body information, but, um, you might be experiencing the literal detoxification of that. Let it go, let it go. Like if, if you've got a rash, like take care of your rash, you know, but, um, trust that the larger meaning of the rash is, it is very potent and very real, especially this month right now. The other thing with that is the emotional piece, which I'm going to really, I really want to make sure I'm very clear on. There is a lot of soul excavation happening right now. There are layers and layers of grief and heartbreak that exist within all of us that we don't even know are there. And if they're starting to come up and out of you, let them. Even if you don't understand why it is that you're hysterically crying, even if you don't understand, like let them go. And if you're feeling fucking great, then continue to feel fucking great because that's your excavation. That's wonderful. And if you happen to be feeling fucking great and then all of a sudden you do not, trust that there is that kind of quality following that along with it. Um, if this is a very specifically guided thing, if you are moving through more anxiety than is normal for you or basically what spirit is saying is that um, underneath really big anxiety is typically a massive cry which is not so um, profound certainly but it is important now because crying um, is one of the best ways that we begin to make space. And the body's so intelligent that very often um, 
it will use anxiety as this kind of like a waiting room for big swells of grief to, to rise up and, and flake off. So if you find yourself in big grief and in big emotion, and if you don't fully understand what it is that you're moving through or why, um, just start to breathe, just start to ask questions. It's pretty amazing. Like the body is really like a little kid. And once you really go on their level and you ask them a deeply heart centered question, they will a lot of the time let go and let you in on what's really going on for them. So begin to talk to your body that way. And that's really how the moon is showing up for us. It's all about emotional inner waves, the inner waves of the self. Um, and again, we're not going to have a full picture about quote, where it is we're going this month. It's about trusting and allowing what we're leaving in February, what we're releasing, the particular seed that is being shed in February for the whole collective is the four of cups. This is a biggie, but four of cups. Um, I have a very special appreciation for four of cups that I've shared on this podcast. I don't think that it's necessarily a card about like taking the cup versus not taking the cup. I think that it's a card of a trust that we don't want to take the cup. Um, for really good reasons, actually reasons that might not be discernible to everybody. Um, and when we trust our instincts around taking the cup versus not, um, we actually free ourselves to clear up a lot of the lack of trust that we might carry in our own decision-making. So what we're leaving behind in, in February is we're being asked, tasked, and in many ways invited to let go of this bullshit that we can't trust ourselves. I mean, easier said than done, but like for real, if we feel a yes and no, and maybe like, look at the evidence of your life. Look at the evidence. If something has been droning on and on and on, if it hasn't been working, if it hasn't been feeling right, why try it again? Unless we really, really want to spend time <laughs> like moving through the same bullshit again and again. And some of us might, you know, it might be important for our life path, but you don't have to. So not taking is really what we're leaving behind. And it feels really special to me for a few different reasons. The first is that four of cups often represents a cup that we're meant to take, but not now. It's a cup that we're meant to take later. And we can really see the evidence of that with the um, arc of four of cups, five of cups, six of cups in the tarot, that we're actually going from like, I don't feel that I can receive this cup right now in the four to the immense grief and contraction that comes up when we don't take a cup. We can feel like, oh, I should have done that. It's like big time regret and FOMO. And within the five, we process the grief and actually have the ability to turn around and see that it's waiting for us just in a different form. So it's a beautiful allegory about love is that we can often feel like, oh, we didn't go out on this date or this person was my person and I fucked it up or they're the one that got away. And I mean, I don't mean to be so flippant, but that's not true because I don't know that the one that got away is really a real thing. And I'm not sure that we even have the right to say that about another person. 
because if they were meant to be with us, they would be. And period. And if we're single, we're meant to be. It's a sacred space. And if we're coupled, we're meant to be. It's a sacred space. So we're learning something in every moment, whether we're apart or in companionship, whatever it might be. So with the four of cups, it's not necessarily about relationships. It could ring true for you in that way, but it's really about what are my beliefs about saying yes, saying no, missing out on something. What is up now? We're getting into the point in March inter intuitively internally. I'll bet you this has started to happen to you, but you might not have believed it, thought it actually checked in about it or acknowledged it, we're getting to the point where not giving a fuck is beginning to be a sacred prayer. There's just so much that the body can care about before it does not care. And that's a good thing because we're starting to drop all of this fucking bullshit that we've spent so much time caring about whether individually or collectively, we don't have to care about whether or not we're accepted into a certain crew. We don't have to care about being in a magazine. We don't have to care about getting the promotion for a job we don't even like. You don't have to care. And imagine if you weren't caring about that, how much more open you would be to other opportunities. If you didn't care about, quote, just having a boyfriend or just having a partner because it quelled an anxiety within you that made you feel maybe afraid of being by yourself. And I completely understand to anyone who's moving through that. Um, it would leave you free to enjoy your life, which I'm going to tell you is going to make you look really, really, really attractive to anyone who wants to be with you. It's going to actually pull the real you out and like try keeping partners away then. So important to begin to actually let go of the letting go, to actually let go of the fear and the regret that can arise around letting go of things in the first place. We're getting a little meta with that, but it's what is, it's what's meant to be. It is really important to begin to step into a space where we are letting go of this four of cups energy and what we're moving into in February, the actual experiential um, card and energy of February is Ace of fucking Wands. So again, again, we're working with a month that contains within itself Pisces and Aries, the Moon and the Emperor, and the Moon and the Ace of Wands. Very very different. And the moon is the medicine of Pisces and the experience and actually what we're doing in Pisces, or I'm sorry, in March. Um, I fucked that up. The moon card. <laughs> this is, this is what I was trying to say. Sorry about that. The moon card as our, um, medicine for the month of March is totally Piscean. But what we're actually doing in the month of March is Ace of Wands. So there are opposites coming together to make a whole here. There are two seemingly kind of strange cards that you wouldn't necessarily pair together, pairing together. And what happens then? Stuff that we might not even have an idea of. Alchemy, mystery, things beginning to weave together that we can't necessarily understand. March does contain within itself very invisible 
strands and threads of magic. There are things coming together that are really powerful and really important. So what we're moving through in March is Ace of Wands. So the energy that I really got for this was like the archer, Diana, like that power Artemis energy. There's something really powerful about that and it also really leans itself into this idea that we're starting over. We're kind of creating a new, there's a collective rebirth happening. There's really important, powerful, energetic um, shifts upward after we've done our due diligence to go inward when we're called. The more inward we go, the more external we're able to be um, in a really full and complete way. So... Ace of Wands is the sacred beginning of a self. So in the Motherpiece Tarot, which I actually don't use for these readings, but I'll use it as, a, as an example, is a being that bursts out of an egg um, in, in like a blaze of fire. And it is basically like, I'm here. <laughs> and that's Aries energy. That's also the energy of spring, but it's also the energy of that um, seed example that I gave at the beginning of this podcast, that we are this like resting little being in this seed pod that we're beginning to outgrow. And the doing, the action, the movement that we're taking this month is actually very deeply woven in Ace of Wands energy because we're beginning to move in such a way that New ideas are coming. We're approaching them through a different mindset because we are feeling different. We're starting to step into more of ourselves. There's a lot here. Ace of Wands is a fucking amazing, I mean, it's an incredible energy. Any ace is a sacred beginning. It's kind of like um, having uh, nitrous in your tanks. It's like the engine being able to go so much faster than we expect in the wands suit is all about sexuality, passion, creativity, inner fire, like bringing the good shit forward. We're letting go of all of these shells and seeds of the smaller versions of ourselves and stepping into the fuller versions of ourselves without attachment to where it is we're quote going, which brings us back to trusting and allowing again and again and again just letting it take us, trust yourself, allow, trust your, how often do you just allow yourself to be? How often do you allow yourself to just enjoy what it is you enjoy? How often do you let yourself just roll? It's probably sometimes, not all the time. We get to really expand that this month in a very big way. So if the first half of March is kind of detoxification, the second half is expansion is it ever? So we go from a new moon in Pisces on the 17th of March to a Mercury retrograde in Aries to the equinox. <laughs> and I might actually be wrong about the dates of the Mercury retrograde, but it doesn't even matter. Um, this idea of these um, transits being clustered together is really important. So the new moon in Pisces happens on the 17th, just about at the midway point of March. That is really the shedding of the seed. And it's the 
promise and the birth of a new kind of um, way of being in the world with great mystery, with our magic, with this depth, with we can form a very bonded, lasting connection to our inner water space. We have that capacity. And then we immediately go into a Mercury retrograde in Aries right around the time that we're in the equinox. So it's interesting because, um, oh yeah, the equinox, uh, or rather um, the retrograde cannot be before the equinox because then we will not be in Aries. So my apologies about that. I got that confused. But the fact that we're moving from equinox to retrograde is important here because the equinox is the is the one of the high days on the wheel of the year, and it is the first day of spring. Um, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that spring is beginning. Um, Amber Magnolia Hill has some wonderful pieces on this that are like, the equinox is not the first day of spring. No equinox is the first day of any season because we're living in a spiral and no spiral can be defined by a day. But in terms of if we're honoring this sort of energy of um, sacred mile markers, this is the passage that we go through because it's marked by the change in astrological signs. We're moving from Pisces to Aries. That's a massive shift. We're moving from the moon to the, to the emperor. So here's the deal. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how we're moving into Mercury retrogrades are medicine and pure and beautiful, and they only serve to, again, stretch us back like Artemis, like that energy that we were talking about with Ace of Wands. We're actually getting stretched back in order to go forward, brought down deep in order to go up high. All that really remains the same. How it all swirls together, though, is that we're sort of tempering the fire we're beginning to utilize, there's so much fire in March. There's like, there's Ace of Wands, there's this Mercury retrograde in Aries, there's the Equinox, there's, you know, um, we're moving into our probably most volatile fire sign, I would say. Um, so uh, wise and beautiful, but volatile. And um, we're, we're walking through that with wisdom with grace, with pausing. Mercury retrograde is helping with that. It's actually helping us to trust in the timing of how we share things, how we communicate. It's helping us to curb impulses versus intuitive knowings. So we could have a lot of really big impulses in March, and it'll be really amazing because the Mercury retrograde that we're having in Aries is essentially providing us with an ability to take a sacred pause before we do anything so that we can be really clear on, okay, you know, what am I doing? What is to be done here? Um, is this in my highest and best right now? It's allowing us to actually tune in with all of that. Um, and how we can honor the equinox in the spring is to just begin to think about and consider how am I blooming right now? In what ways am I blooming? How am I blooming? It's a beautiful way to look at it. So the emperor, I can't remember if we've spoken about the emperor on this podcast, but I'm going to treat it like I haven't, <laughs> I'm going to treat it like I, I have not said anything about the emperor at all. Um, 
I have a very different interpretation of the emperor than many people do. Um, it's starting to be more in the collective that people are beginning to think about the emperor in this way, but I've really been very clear about the emperor's medicine for a long time. And the emperor is not truly not what most books with all due respect have described him as. He's not an authoritative asshole. He's not a patriarchal piece of shit. He's not a ruler. He's not stern. He's not intent. Well, he can be intense, but in a different way, the emperor is not this controlling patriarchal ruler that many people have ascribed him to be. The emperor is the sacred masculine in the form of no gender. So what do we look at when we look at sacred masculine or the great father versus the great mother um, without ascribing it to human beings, even going more universally than that, we're looking at nature. The emperor is the sky. The emperor is sequoias, redwoods, mountains. The emperor is the power and the vastness of the Grand Canyon, and the empress is the depth of the Grand Canyon. So what that means is that we get to heal our relationship with the masculine through the emperor. That's really what it's here for, to help to refine our sense of safety, connectedness, and oneness with the sacred masculine through the work that we do with the emperor. The emperor is ruled by Aries. And if we're thinking about controlling patriarchal, um, like bossy pants, um, like ruler energies, archetypes that we think of in the emperor, that's not really Aries. That's Aries in its like absolute least, um, it's like Aries at its lowest. It's like Aries at McDonald's level, like for real and no shade on McDonald's, but, um, really like as low as it goes. So we can't accept that because the tarot is a soul centered endeavor and we have to, it exists at a very high level. And when we try to assign these kind of human attributes to it, it comes up so cold we are the only creatures that have that sense of patriarchal masculinity. Nature doesn't possess that. There's a lot of, um, there's so much more equality in nature. But the place that we want to look to heal our relationship with the emperor and to embrace the energy of Aries season is to that space of nature. And to look at all of these different things in nature that are so so massively huge that are not taking up too much space. So the emperor contains within itself a very important invitation that has been lost, I believe, for years because of the misinterpretation of this card with all due respect, which is we have a birthright around taking up space. We are allowed to take up space. 
The air that we breathe is worthy. The space that we take up is worthy. The size of our bodies, perfect, all worthy. So often we're trying to squeeze ourselves into things, make ourselves smaller, lighter. We don't have to do that. We can feel that we have to and still continue to open, to unfurl. A redwood tree is never going to look at the tree next to it and think like, hey, am I crowding you? The redwood tree is just going to grow. And in doing so, it's a deep support to the other redwoods around it. The sky is never going to look down at the ground and be like, am I a little bit too, like, can I fit? It's just eternal. That's all of us. It's only when somebody believes that they have to seize, strategize, take up space, that we feel the too muchness of a person. If we're really seeing a person and we're thinking, not in any kind of defensive way, but we're thinking like, damn, you know, this person just please, like, or this this being or this group or this organization, like, please just take a pause, take a breath. When we have that experience, that's the emperor in its least defined state. That's the emperor when the emperor needs some love and some caring and when it needs some guidance and some nurturance. When we're in the emperor in the highest possible form, we're just expanding. We're trusting our right to be here in the universe. We're trusting that our voice matters. We're trusting that it matters for others. That is really Aries at its... um, at its most mature and its most aligned because um, Aries is in a very powerful mastery of the self. Aries endeavors to know themselves in order to bring that out into the world and see, serve others. That's a really big part of why Aries is here interpersonally. The emperor can help. So I encourage everyone receiving the emperor this month, as all of us will, because we're moving through Aries, how can we begin to embrace and heal our relationship to taking up space and being seen? How can we begin to share our voice? In this moment, at the recording of this podcast, I am embodying emperor energy right now because I'm putting something out there with a lot of love and humility and, you know, no attachments though. I don't have to make anyone listen. Nobody has to agree. People don't have to like it. It's totally fine. Um, I hope people like it, but it's really none of my business if people like it or not. Um, it's totally up to you and your sacred opinion. That's, uh, I believe, with great respect, I believe that that's what the emperor is capable of being the invitation for if we're really willing to drop into that. So again, Ace of Wands and Mercury Retrograde in Aries are all swirling around this cauldron to create the potential for a way to show up in the world that is very intent, that is very purposeful, that is based in something that feels um, like it's of deep service, not only to us, but to others, and that we're showing up in a way that is 
more measured and less impulsive. And, you know, there's a lot of power to that. I don't think I'm going to talk too much about the full moon in Libra that we have on the 31st because I'll probably spend more time talking about that on April 1st since it's going to be like right there. Trust and allow. Go into the body. Pay attention to what the body is telling you. Pay attention to what the body is whispering to you, what it longs to begin to shed, how it longs to begin to be comforted by us. Um, there's so much intimacy that can take place when we're willing to really listen to our sacred vessels. Just be gentle with the body. Be gentle with yourself on this path. It's really important. Very beautiful. And that's what I have for you this month. I hope it serves and I hope it allows there to be a greater openness for you. And I just want to share with everyone that I am recording this in Mill Valley, actually, uh, in the Bay Area of California. I'm here um, for like a little, a little secret trip, I guess. But um, the sun is rising as I'm saying this right now. It feels really special. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. Um, a couple different things. I have a new sacred wheel coming out on March 1st, and it's really good. It's all about <clears throat> moon energy. It's about, um, you know, a, a lot of these transitions it contains in it, um, a spread of the, of the month. Uh, there are wild soul teroscopes. There's um, a lot of good shit. So if you want to, um, if you want to take part in the sacred wheel, you can sign up at the link on the liner notes of the podcast, or you can go to lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel. Easy as that. There's a subscription service to it. So you can pay monthly, which is very, very low. Um, or you can pay yearly. And if you pay monthly, you can stop at any time. I will always mention sacred wheel because, I'm now on sabbatical and it is probably one of the best ways to consistently work with me. If you'd like to go a little bit deeper, I will also have a ritual for the full moon in Virgo that is happening on the first within the sacred wheel. And then I would really like to share something that, um, a really dear client of mine, Melissa brought to me. Um, this is more of, um, it's an opportunity for anyone who wants to know a little bit more about how they can show up in service to anyone marginalized. And there's also an element of, um, action, something you can do in a place that you can donate. So my friend, Melissa lives in, um, Canada and Canada is currently seeing, um, some really profound, hugely profound, um, indigenous, uh, violence, violence against indigenous peoples and the people doing these violent acts, like receiving absolutely nothing, no, um, like zero, <laughs> like either not going to trial at all or being acquitted. And this is something that has been happening for forever in Canada, but is particularly reaching a fever pitch right now. Um, there was just recently something really, um, uh, very deeply sad that happened to a woman that I'm not fully remembering right now. And I apologize for that because it's probably not acceptable that I don't know it, but I wanted to speak every, to everyone about a man named Colton Bushy. So Colton, um, was an indigenous young man who was shot and killed 
on the property of a man who, a white man, in the back of a car. Um, he was sleeping when he was killed, um, but he was a part of a group of um, young kids, all of whom were indigenous, who stopped at this man's farm for help with their car. And the man claimed that the gun went off by accident and went to trial on that and got acquitted. So there has been no justice for Colton at all. And um, it is terrible in many different ways, but very terrible because the life of this vibrant and beautiful young man was taken so early. And again, there has been no justice. So um, knowing about Colton, I didn't know until my friend Melissa told me, um, is so important saying his name and making sure that his memory is at the very least honored just by virtue of us speaking about it. And secondly, um, she told me about it a, a little while ago, um, before his shooter was acquitted with no charge of any kind. And, um, he since has been. I wanted to wait to share this with everybody before uh, until I had a place to donate to the family. So um, Melissa very kindly um, provided me with that information. And so there is a um, link on the podcast, uh, on the liner notes of the podcast, where you can donate to Colton's family. Um, it's a really beautiful way to support um, not that I need to say that, like my opinion about that doesn't really matter. It's kind of a given <laughs> that it's a beautiful way to be of service. Um, it's the most minimal of ways to be of service in this moment. Um, but if we can support this family in any way, um, I also may have more links coming, um, about different ways to support, serve, and get more information about, um, like colonial violence toward indigenous peoples in Canada. It's I think really important to be vocal about that. And I want to thank Melissa for telling me and for um, inviting me to use this space to invite folks to be as supportive as possible about the passing of this man. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, again, a very beautiful way to show up and be of service. Um, and on a uh, very, so that will be on the podcast. And then on a very final note and a very different note, um, I will be in Los Angeles teaching classes in March. So if you live in Los Angeles and you'd like to work with me, um, I will be there. I will be teaching a Tarot for the Wild Soul class at Sono Mama on March 18th. And I will be at Women's Space with the amazing astrologer Heidi Rose Robbins on the solstice on the 20th to do a class called um, Rebirth and Renewal. And it's going to be amazing. And Heidi's going to talk about the astrological transits upcoming. I'm going to talk about kind of the tarot medicine and the overall intuitive medicine of this time of... Uh, spring of that season. And I just think it's going to be a fucking blast. So if you want to come both of those dates and both of the signups for both classes are available. Uh, I'm not doing any readings in LA because I'm on sabbatical, but I will be there for workshops. So I would love to see you if you'd like to work with me. So that link will be in the liner notes as well. And if you don't fucks like that, or you don't know where to look for that, um, it's just my website. 
so you can just go on my website, take a gander on, um, workshops and events. Thank you for being here for this monthly medicine. I hope it served you. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day, beautiful month, beautiful full moon in Virgo. And I will talk to you soon. I will see you next week for the first interview of the month. And until then, be well. <laughs>